0: Almost here, around the corner, future technology. Uh, today I'm speaking with Matthew Gunson from Local Motors. Uh, they're a company that uh, uses 3D printing to make actual cars, automobiles. They're very fascinating. Uh, this is going to be a great interview. Welcome, Matthew. How you doing?
1: Doing well. Thank you. How you doing, Richard? Good, good. So, so first
0: question, um, I gave a brief description. You can describe things far better. You know, What would you say it is? Local Motors does, and what's the motivation behind what you do?
1: So we're a a company that designs, builds, and sells vehicles, Um, and we were founded by Jay Rogers. He's a uh, he was a Marine, and he was when he was fighting uh, in Iraq, um, he kind of became acutely aware of the uh, the 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 tremendous costs associated with um, you know with oil, and that led him to you know, question why, you know, automotive manufacturing hasn't really changed much over the past hundred years. And, Mm. um, you know, from there, um, he came up with an idea to, um, you know, create vehicles that are more, um, you know, in a different way, that are more, uh, I guess, um, uh, addressed more accurately or or um, hopefully the, particular context that the vehicles would be used in or the particular environments and that that, that production could be you know localized rather than um, you know in one gigantic massive factory right and, and uh, it, another, um, sorry another oh, side of that is that we use um, we use co-creation uh, to to develop our vehicles so we have an open um, platform well, uh, we just actually launched, uh, relaunched it. Um, it's called, it's uh, launchforth.io. And essentially anyone in the world can go there if they have an idea for a vehicle or if they want to kind of see what types of, uh, you know, amazing ideas we're coming up with, they can go there and, and check it out and uh, become become a contributor. And ultimately, you know, we have contributors from all over the world who have had their their designs and ideas implemented into um, vehicles that we've, we've commercialized.
0: That's great. So it sounds like this is um, perhaps a a couple of reasons for it. One is um, empowerment of people to be involved in the design process of cars. It uh, sounds like another one is, um, well, obviously economic, but another reason is maybe ecological. Um, you know, we'll get into it, but the cars that you produce uh, do they use less resources are they more efficient? you know because they're local do they not have to be shipped you know overseas those kinds of things I would guess these are all the reasons um, and the benefits behind what you do
1: yeah, so um, absolutely we implement a local supply chain uh, with you know in with these with our micro factories we call them so Instead of having a you know a large factory like a traditional automotive manufacturer would have, we we have what we call micro factories, um, and they you know they cost a fraction, a small fraction of what a, a traditional manufacturing plant would cost. Um, they use less energy uh, and, and less water, so they are more efficient and have a, a definitely a lighter footprint on the environment. So, um, and like I said earlier, they also allow us to to build vehicles that are um, you know, more relevant to the, to the economies and to the, the context that they're built in.
0: Okay. Um, you know, first question is about uh, the law. I guess maybe this is what comes to mind first is um, the cars that you guys build, uh, do they run up against regulations and requirements for uh, drivable vehicles? You know, what makes a car you make street legal, I guess, for lack of a better term, or that it's parts are compliant and are okay to be used in an automobile?
1: Yeah. So, um, we have, uh, we are work, you know, we're working on one, uh, vehicle right now. Well, we're working on multiple vehicles, but, um, a vehicle we're working on now is called Ollie. And, um, you know, we're working on, uh, meeting regulations with that vehicle. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, there are obviously challenges to meeting regulations. Um, for the most part, the regulations have been, you know, are, are are there and have been, you know, designed for these large manufacturers, and we, you know, we we build a different way. We use different materials. We have a different approach. So it is uh, one of the challenges we face is, is meeting regulations, um, but we, yeah, we're working on that, and we're – it's caused us to become – I would say more creative, far more creative in how we, how we address transportation issues, um, which I think makes us, makes it pretty interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of different regulations, but
0: any one or two that are particularly thorny or that you've come up with a, a creative solution for that has pushed your idea forward or any showstoppers, you know, any, what are the big one or two that are there?
1: Well, um, so, you know, one way we we addressed this in the past, like our our, our heritage. Uh, you know, the first vehicle that we we produced was called the Rally Fighter, and uh, one way we worked around that was we took this idea of co-creation beyond just the you know the design platform, and actually brought it into the the micro factory, and we had people um, participate in building their own vehicle. So that allowed. Uh, that allowed us to, to register the vehicle in a way that could be street legal. So that was one way in which we got creative in the past. Now, you know, we're, we're facing different challenges in, in meeting regulations with um, autonomous vehicles because OLLI is an autonomous, uh, basically an autonomous shuttle. Um, wow. and, and so we are, uh, you know, the, the regulations with autonomy are, Taking shape right now, and we're trying to you know be a part of determining what those are, so that we can obviously become a, a player in that market.
0: Right. So what what are your cars made of? Let's you know let maybe let's focus on Ollie, because it seems to be like a flagship thing you're working yeah. on. You know, what's it made of? Different materials, one material.
1: Yeah, Ollie's really uh, an interesting thing. Um, so about a third of it is is directly three D printed. So, we use a material that is um, extruded, you know, through a 3D printer head that um, is part, uh, it's about 80, 80% ABS plastic and 20% carbon fiber, and so, like I said, one-third of OLLI is directly printed, and then a third, uh, about another third of it uses, um, we, we 3D print molds, and then. You know, mold parts from from that. So we're effectively 3D printing tooling, and you know, it allows us to, to develop much much quicker than um, than we would if if we were using traditional methods. And then the other third of the vehicle is is uh, metal frame and glass. So wow, that's a we do have a pretty unique process. It allows us to be a lot quicker.
0: How big is the car? Like, how many people can it hold, and what's the the curb weight of it?
1: So Ollie's uh, Ollie can carry twelve passengers. Um, wow. Have seating, for, have seating for about eight, and then like four standing. Um, yeah, and, and so it. I don't, I'm not sure of the exact dimensions, but it's um, it's a similar footprint to a standard sedan as far as the the space on the road it would take. But it's uh, it's much taller. It's kind of it's kind of shaped like a toaster, I guess. <laughs>
0: are are any Ollies out in in um, being used out in the street, or is it not at that point yet?
1: Well, we we uh, we have some testing going on in uh, Germany as well as um, you know we've tested in various locations in the U.S. Um, near near Washington DC, near Knoxville where we have locations, um, and a little bit out here in Arizona. So. Um, we, but we have a plan to build out, um, you know, many of these vehicles over the next year, and we have a lot of. Uh, we've already taken, um, you know, pre-sales on on some of these vehicles, so they will be on wow. roads in the near future, very near future, um, and Mike, huh. we have been doing road testing uh, both in Europe and the U.S.
0: Was this the idea for this vehicle? Um crowdsourced or was it your own internal idea or where did it come from
1: yeah so this is actually one of the i think most exciting stories about ollie um, is is kind of how it began so let's see i think it was about two years ago we ran a we did a challenge on our community uh for the community uh was called the urban mobility challenge and the idea behind that was to create a urban mobility solution for berlin germany and um so we had many submissions from all over the world, and the winner uh, that was chosen was a 24-year-old, I think it was 24 at the time, uh, year old design student from Columbia. Columbia, not the university, the country. <laughs> and uh, so that, was, to me, that's, his name's Edgar Sarmanto, and he uh, he actually... He submitted the design and, and uh, was chosen as the winner. And um, it's a fantastic story, uh, in my opinion, because here's a here's a student in a you know in Colombia who wouldn't typically have access to work on this type of project, you know, at a, at a right. major company. And you know, here he is now, um, you know, the the designer of this vehicle that that is going to be you know put into use all over the world. And, um, you know, is, is, is we've also now integrated a, uh, autonomous uh, driving capabilities into. So it's, it's very, very exciting. Um, and, like, to me, I, I think that's just a wonderful success story. So he actually even, um, you know, got a check for, for his design, um, and he'll continue. He'll receive royalty as well um, as the vehicle, uh, you know, is, is adopted and sold.
0: That's fantastic,
1: yeah, so it's it's a great you know it's a great opportunity for people anywhere in the world to participate and and uh get access to these you know amazing opportunities these projects that you know such a, a small number of people would typically have access to. So um it's it's fantastic this uh you know that that model of co-creation and the the opportunity it gives to others.
0: Any other um I don't know if you can discuss them or not, but any other crazy or really interesting ideas that you guys are working on that came from your uh, community or from yourselves?
1: Yeah, so we, uh, we have another vehicle that is almost entirely 3D printed, um, you know, um, directly 3D printed called Strati. Uh That vehicle debuted about two years ago um, at the IMTS show in Chicago uh, where we printed it we had brought in a big 3D printer and printed it at the show over uh, 44 hours, and then drove it, <laughs> drove it off, uh, assembled it, and drove it off the uh, out of the out of the uh, the convention hall there. Um, wow. So that's a pretty amazing vehicle, and it's also another fantastic design. That was a designer from Italy who who did that one. Um, and if you go to our, you can find that at uh, launchforth.io. You can find all the projects associated with it. Um, but it's a, it's a fantastic design, beautiful, beautiful car. Um, and it is, um, you know, we're working on commercializing that as well. Um, probably not as a, as a highway, you know, highway ready or, you know, highway certified vehicle, but something that would um, operate at a lower, a lower standard. Um, that's another one What we're, we're working on um, finding the, the spot for that in the market. We're also working on other mo- mobility solutions that, um, that we think can make a big difference, a big impact in the world. Um, and some of these things might, may or may not work in tandem with a vehicle like Ollie. Um, but yeah, we got a lot going on. It's very exciting.
0: Do you think the future is going to be, you know, for, for uh, vehicles, all 3d printed and, Pretty much all autonomous, or do you think there's room for other other things there?
1: I uh, all all 3D printed. I'm I, I don't expect that to be the case. I think 3D printing certainly has a space. Um, for example, you know, if you look at one area that I'm or, I've been doing a lot of research on right now is um, you know first mile last mile. You know, how do you get from your door to uh, to public transportation, for example. And hmm. if you think about that, that is a that is a context, you know, whether it's the weather, whether it's the, the street surface, whether it's the width of the street, um, the density of the population, that's a context that's different all over the world. Even within the U.S., that's a context that's very different. Um, right. And so having the ability to make a variety of vehicles to fit that need anywhere in the world. Um, that's where 3D printing has great strength and great opportunity. Um, you know, in fact, you know, you could look at a handful of vehicles that have been intended to kind of fill that space. And in my personal opinion, I don't think they've succeeded because it's the same vehicle. You know, that vehicle can't be very different in one space versus another. Um, but we have the ability to. You know, it's very quick, and by in relative terms, extremely inexpensive for us to um, move from one model to the next. You know, with with a um, uh, major auto manufacturer you're talking about billions of dollars and many years. You know, for us, you're you're talking about literally you're talking about months, uh, if if even weeks, um, and you know, in a very tiny fraction of the money. So it's uh, that's where that's our strength is being able to do many, uh, many, many different types of vehicles, and that's real the real strength of 3D printing. So, you know, I think there's an absolute space in the market for vehicles that are that are printed or or made from tooling that's printed. Um, but I, you know, there's so many there's so many things that entrench the the existing uh, manufacturing process. Like, I think we can really change it, but um, I I think it's going to be a long time before, you know, we don't have, you know, factories that are printing out, or not printing out, (laughs) putting out, you know, um, many, many of the same vehicle. You know, we're going to be printing um, many varieties of smaller quantities, and they're going to be producing, you know, um, many quantities of very small variety.
0: So definitely a like, place uh, for
1: both. And as far as autonomy goes, I think that was the other part of your question, right?
0: Yes, autonomous. Um, How pervasive will they be? Uh, is that,
1: it's really really hard to say. I think I definitely think though that um, we'll see <clears throat> we'll see autonomy much more in managed fleets than we will in personal uh, personal ve- vehicles. Um, <clears throat> In my opinion, we see there's kind of three things happening in the automotive industry. One is electrification, you know, moving from uh, internal combustion powertrains to electric ones. Um, another is uh, – what's my train of thought here. <laughs> another is uh, – oh, is the movement to um, – away from personal ownership to either shared or, or shared fleets or shared vehicles – um, we see that model kind of taking place, uh, emerging with Uber, where you have somebody who owns a vehicle, but they're effectively sharing that with people all day um, to help move them around. Uh, we see that with, right. um, you know, obviously with Lyft and, and other similar, uh, similar businesses. We also see it with a company like Turo. Um, Turo is kind of like Airbnb for, for a car, um, and they, you know, you can basically say my car is available to drive, you know, for anyone to drive it from this time to this time and it costs this much. And, you know, the transactions all handled through Turo, you get a check in the bank, uh, you get a check you know, deposited to your bank account. And, uh, you know, so that is also an effect sharing. So, um, all this stuff to me, um, it says, um, you know, that, oh, and the other the third leg of this is autonomy. So we see autonomy coming into the market. And, and I kind of feel like all these things are going to converge, and we'll see, you know, um, we'll see shared models uh, mm-hmm. displacing personal ownership, although I don't think personal ownership will go away for a very long time. My people still own horses, even though we mostly drive cars. Um, right. I, you know, I think it will kind of be a similar thing that there will be a lot of shared vehicles, um, but there will still be some personal ownership. Um, we'll see. And in those shared vehicles, um, autonomy really becomes powerful. Because if you can send a car out to, to serve, you know, um, we'll, just, we'll say eight different households in one day, you're extracting a lot more value from that vehicle than you are if it's if it's just serving one household and sitting in a parking lot all day or sitting in a garage or a driveway um, right. for 90% of the day, which is what most of our cars do today. Um, so, you know, autonomy helps with that, and then also electrification. Um, you know, I, at that, I think ultimately our cars will. Uh, all be electric. Uh, we're we're seeing the barriers with range um, coming down. Uh, Chevy just made the Bolt available. I think it was yesterday, um, and that uh, that vehicle has the uh, the range of about a, of similar to a Tesla, but costs you know much less. Uh, we'll see the right. Tesla Model 3 come in line, and that that vehicle again, all these, all these vehicles, the, the range is getting pushed out closer to what you'd get out of a gas tank. And um, so all these things are putting a lot of pressure on the existing, the existing kind of uh, 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 market forces of automotive. And the one the, the thing that I think puts us in a, um, in a good position is our ability to, to fit into that rapidly, right. To kind of, see what's happening and to fit a vehicle into the direction the market's going and be able to do that faster than anyone. Um, you know, Because like Correct. I said, That's it takes weeks or months to put a car on the road rather than many, many years.
0: Hmm. <clears throat> I've heard, I, I don't even know if I understand this myself, but in reading some books I've heard about autonomous vehicles that aren't owned by anyone. The vehicle itself is its own. I mean, what what is that, and does that make any 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 sense to you?
1: Well, I mean, the vehicle not being owned by anyone, I I'm not sure how that would work because somebody somebody has to build it, and whoever is building it would have to, you know, would have to. They own, you know, they'd effectively own it if they built it and have to either manage it themselves or sell it to someone. But if by what you if what you mean by um, not being owned by anyone would be something that's maybe owned and managed by some entity, some business, or some fleet management system, and then utilized by many people throughout the course of the day, I think that will certainly uh, certainly become more prominent over the next decade. And I think that is. Um, you know, if you think about how that might threaten, um, the existing kind of, uh, the existing, uh, standard or or market of how vehicles are, are sold, um, that is very asymmetric to, to the dealership model, um, to somebody going to a dealership and buying a car. Um, that's a very different type of business. So, you know, I do think that that could impact, um, be you know how, what the, what we see in the market today, and that, yeah, that I, the whole idea, the whole idea of that is just basically you're getting so much more utilization out of the vehicle by having it shared. Uh, the downside, right. the other the, the other side of that for the consumer is that, you know, right now I've got a car parked in the parking lot here at the office, and in it I have, uh, you know, I have a jacket in there. I've got a, a bag with some uh, some some. Uh, Gym clothes in it, and I've got a, uh, you know, my, uh, I got a soccer ball in the back, <laughs> and it kind of is a little bit of home away from home. Um, I often, right. you know, I I may eat a meal on the way to work in my car. Sometimes on the way home, <laughs> I may eat lunch in my car. All those things become uh, not as easy once you're making that a completely shared vehicle. So, right. you know, that would impact the consumer on one side of it, but I think um, the economics of it. Um, getting, you know, much, much more, uh, utilization out of, out of that resource out of that vehicle will push us kind of towards shared vehicles. And I would expect there'd be some other solutions that arise for those consumer problems that I, I just described.
0: Yeah. I mean, there could be a point where I, I guess, you know, you can call on a number of vehicles out there that are shared or shareable that, you know, could be also autonomous and, it's like a, a taxi service of autonomous vehicles, but you know, yeah, got to be a big yeah. pool of vehicles out there you could choose.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think we'll, I think we'll see that. I think we'll see, um, I think we'll get to a point where you could, you'll be able to call on a vehicle whenever you want to get wherever you want, and it would do it very mm. efficiently. Now, who's going to be, you know, remains to be seen how that plays out. But I think that's, that's where we're going to get, and that you know. I just talked about some of the consumer problems with that, like some of the inconveniences to the consumer. But if you think about the other side of that for the consumer is, well, if if I can have a car, you know, at my beck and call, and I don't have to pay for all the costs of owning that car, I never have to get its tires changed. I never have to change its oil. um, I never have to repair. I never have to replace the timing belt. I never have to you know, replace a transmission. I don't have any of those things that come with car ownership and I'm only paying for what I use. Um, You know, that is going to be an attractive proposition for the consumer.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, if it breaks down, they can get another one. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of convenience loss maybe, but um, it's tremendously convenient and cost effective in other ways. Makes sense?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Any anything else because you're you know deeply involved in the the car market that you see that surprises you that the public doesn't know about that you think is particularly interesting to talk about?
1: Hmm. Um. Well, I guess one thing I, I've maybe danced around a little bit or alluded to, but not really talked about directly is, um. I you know I. I I think that public transportation will still play a big part of um, of how people get around. Um, I see kind of the first phase of some of these innovations as being um, connecting us to those existing systems and making them work better rather than displacing them. Uh, Perhaps ultimately Mm -hmm. they get displaced or perhaps ultimately they take on these these innovations, you know, that's kind of one thing that I think is interesting. Is I, I, I don't think you, uh, you know, that'll all go away. I think at the first phase, it'll actually um, be very uh, key part of, of bringing all the stuff uh, into more common um, use. So it's kind okay. of one, one, one thing that's kind of come up out of my research lately.
0: Anything um, interesting or unusual with the designs? Because some of your stuff is crowdsourced. Are you surprised about what you see, or any designs or features that have come up that are uh, particularly interesting to you, or you think that'll be impactful?
1: Um, I, you know, I'm always impressed by by what our community designs. and uh, you know we're because we use co-creation, we're able to, you know, have a wide variety of designs that we can that we can uh, gather really quickly, and that enables us, um, you know, that enables us to to really find great design more quickly. Um, and you know, as far as in in, in also we have that uh, that's very. That information, that stuff is very um, available and, and open uh, on our on our launchforth.io. Um, you know, and, and what in what we see from uh, large OEMs like GM and Ford is, you know, we don't. You kind of never know what you're going to get out of them. Um, I don't think you see as as interesting a variety of vehicles um, because they have to make millions of one. Or at least hundreds of thousands of one variety of car, um, you know that that car has to meet a lot of different need, a lot of different um, kind of consumer tastes, and the result right. of that is often, I think, blander, less interesting design. Um, you know, because we are able to create such a variety, I think you, you know, we do see a lot, a lot of interesting stuff. Um, uh, so I'm just, uh, you know. Okay. it's but I'm, I'm like I said, I'm always fascinated by by what our our community comes up with. Um, I think you know if you if you were to look at the the site, um, you'd see some really impressive, interesting stuff that um, you know that we've we haven't made for whatever reason, but like it's very, very inspiring and inspires a lot of great great uh continually inspires great design. Yeah,
0: let's give some uh, some resources to people listening. So where can they go to see the designs that your community has come up with? And you talked about um I if we had the name launch yeah.
1: What are those so it's two launch, sites? Yeah, it's launch fourth and fourth is like go forth, like F O R T H, not the number. Not fourth, like the oh. number. So it's um launch F O R T H Okay. And uh, if you go there, um, if you go there, you can um, sign on to be a member of the community, or you can just kind of look around. And, and if you click on the Explore tab, um, you can see all the projects that we're working on. And some of these are some of these are things that we've, um, you know, asked our community to do. Other things are are things that the community has volunteered. Um, and you know some of them are brainstorms, some of them are you know ideas, uh, projects, and, and some of them are like a, I talked about the challenge that uh, the challenge that we issued that brought forth Oli. Um, some of them are these challenges that um, the the community members can can you know win prizes and gain uh, you know once a product is finally commercialized they gain royalty from it as well. So yeah, launchforth.io slash explore, and that will take you right to some of the vehicle ideas.
0: Okay. And then um, how can listeners get involved in the community, and are there any requirements for them to have skill level, degrees, experience, any of that, to join the community, and and how can they contribute to once they do it?
1: So we're always looking for people, highly skilled people. In fact, um, you know, a lot of the people that – great contributors for our uh, platform are people who are already working in design and engineering and, you know, looking for, you know, a place as an outlet for some of their best ideas. Um, However, you know, anybody can join the community. Anybody can can offer feedback. And we've had actually a lot of – and anybody can, you know, put in an idea. Um, And we've had – one of the great things about the community is – you know, we've had people that have joined the community and through being a member of the community over many years, it kind of, you know, become educated on, you know, what a good design is and and, and to a degree, you know, you know, what, what are some good engineering uh, choices and, and, and uh, approaches. And so, um, you know, a lot of people are learning as they go um, on the platform as well. So definitely, you know, anybody is, is welcome uh we absolutely love to get (laughs) highly highly skilled designers and engineers you know especially those who who might be looking for um, a more creative outlet
0: okay well very good Uh, any other resources or uh that you want to get to listeners um you know do you want to be contacted personally or you'd rather them go through the community or
1: yeah you can also go to localmotors.com and uh, kind of get a broader uh, view of who we are and what we do. We have, um, you know, a few, uh, you know, we have a kind of a broader uh, broader uh, reach. Uh, there's some information there about other challenges, like we recently did a challenge for, uh, where we partnered with Airbus to create a, a cargo drone. Um, so that's not a car, like this automotive has been most of what we've done, um, but we are, you know, branching out into different areas. And the, the Airbus, Airbus cargo drone is a really interesting project as well. So there's, that's another thing. Um, so, yeah, you can, you can go there and, uh, you know, see a lot, find out a lot about us. Oh, another, another site people could check out is um, meetolly.auto And so that will tell you all about Ollie. Um So that's meet, M-E-E-T-O-L-L-I dot meet meetali.com got it
0: alright well very good this has been a really interesting interview I appreciate your time and your insights and I'm looking forward to the day when uh, I can summon a car and take it wherever I want to go and, uh, and all these, these great things so thanks for your time thank um, you, appreciate it you have been listening to Almost Here, around the corner future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs Subscribe to this podcast post to review and discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.